0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello Ivy Church. Hello Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. Jambo jambo. Karibuni kalisani Ivy Church. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hello, my name is Hannah and if you've not seen me before um, I am one of the leaders here at Ivy Church but I've been off for months because I have been on maternity leave. Uh, For those of you that do know me, I do want to say a massive thank you for your love and support as we have had our little girl. She's called Jovi Dove and she's now 10 months old. She's beautiful. We're very thankful for her and our family. And we do just want to say a massive thank you for your prayers and how you've supported us in this time and the time before. But I am back and I'm excited. I've been loving this series that we're in from lost and alone to found and at home. And today I'm going to be looking at the role of the father in this story. We've looked at the other stories, we've looked at the sons, we've looked at um, things around this, but today we're looking at the father. And before I worked here at Ivy, I worked in prisons. I worked with the Message Trust, and I was responsible for the work in women's prison. And so I used to go in and do all kinds of things, but one of the things I loved doing most was the Bible studies. And so we would sit in the chaplaincy uh, room, and I remember one day we were sat around with about 12 girls, and more than read the Bible stories, I would tell them the stories because then it would help them to understand the story rather than just hearing it from the Bible. A little bit like I think Jesus did in just telling stories to help those around him really understand what he was saying. And so one day I told this story that you might recognize as we've been doing it from Luke fifteen eleven. It's the story of a father who was very rich and had a wonderfully big house and two sons. And he had a gardener and he had pool boy and he had chefs and he had all kinds of people in this house looking after everything that they owned so that everything ran smoothly. And yet his younger son was not satisfied. And he came to his father and he actually said, Dad, I wish you were dead because then I could have my money now, I could have the inheritance now and I could do whatever I wanted. And so even though it broke his father's heart, he, he gave him his freedom And he he split the money in half, gave one to the elder son and one to the younger and let him go. And the son went off to the big city, spending the money wherever he could, in house parties, in clubbing, on girls, on food, on everything you can think of, to live the life that he could live. And he spent it broadly. But over time the money soon came to running out and running out and that meant less clubs less house parties less friends less people interested less places to stay until he hit rock bottom and ended up working with the pigs and one day he was just working on a farm looking after some pigs and he started to look at the food that the pigs were eating and thinking that actually looks tasty because i'm so hungry I wonder if I can just eat a bit of the scraps that the pigs are eating. That was his wake-up moment. I don't know if you've ever had a wake-up moment where you just sit somewhere and think, what am I doing here? But he sat there and thought, what am I doing here? Looking at pig food, thinking that it looks tasty, when at my father's house, Even the servants, they get fed, the gardeners get given what they need, the chef isn't hungry and looking at other people's food wishing he could eat it. Why am I here looking at pig food when I could be at my father's house? And he woke up, it said he arose and he decided to go home. And so he used the last bit of money he had from the pigs, and he got on the bus, and he practiced this speech in his head all the way home, saying, Dad, I know that I could never be your son again, but maybe I could be a servant. Maybe I could work in doing the gardens or cleaning the toilets. You'd never have to see me. I'll just do something like that. And he's practicing this speech. But as he gets home, the shame feels so heavy as he sees that his bus is about to pull up by the long driveway and the gates that are shut at the end. And he thinks, he's not even going to open the gates. Why would my dad even come out to see me? And not just that, but the whole village, everyone knows what I have done. And the shame that he felt was enormous as he was getting off the bus. But then as he got off the bus, he looked up and saw that down the driveway, the gates were actually already opening. And as he looked again, he saw that his father, who's now older than he'd ever seen him, is actually running down the driveway. And he's never seen his dad run before, but his dad is running full pelt towards him. And as he gets to him, he grabs him and he spins him around and he kisses him. And when Jesus told this story, that word kiss actually means he kissed him over and over and over. It's a word that means over and over to show the great love that this father has for his son in being so pleased that his son is home. And as he's grabbing him, the son starts to say his speech of, I know I could never be your son, but the dad just says to the staff around him, fire up the barbecue, get him my best clothes, put shoes on his feet. Here is my ring. My, my son was lost and he is home. We are having a party tonight. And as I finished the story, the room was silent. But I could tell that there was something in the silence, so I waited. Until one of the girls just quietly said, I wish I had a dad like that. And then another said, I know, yeah, imagine that, the way you just ran and hugged him. And then quietly around the room, different one-by-one women explained how much they would love to have a dad like that. And I wonder for you today, if that resonates with something in you. Imagine having a dad like that. And yet the beauty of this story and the reason Jesus told it was because he so wants us to know this father. He wants you to know that whatever your earthly father was like, this is a picture of your true heavenly father. And I know that for some of us today, Father's Day is a beautiful day. It's a day of memories and thankfulness. But also for others, it's a day that's really hard. And it's a day that is painful. Or it's a day to just ignore. And yeah, I want you to be able to listen to this, knowing that actually Jesus thinks it's very important that you know your Father. And so I'd encourage you to keep listening. Or even to send this to a friend that you know might need to hear this today. See, Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer that actually the way that we should pray even is not to say, oh, Lord Jesus. We don't pray to Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. He says the way that you should pray is to start by saying, "Ah, Father. He thinks it's so important that we would talk to our Father, that we'd have relationship with our Father, that even when we pray, He wants us to pray to our Father. And that word Father isn't even as formal as Father in the translation. What it actually is, is saying Abba, which would be translated actually as Daddy, that we should be saying, hey Dad, and chatting to God like a dad. And over and over through the Gospels, the good news that Jesus is pointing us to is to the Father. But why? Isn't it enough to know Jesus? We're followers of Jesus, aren't we? And yet Jesus continually wants to explain this relationship that we're given. Even towards the end of his life, as he knows that the cross is coming, we see in John 14 that he's talking to the disciples and saying to them, the cross is coming, but let me tell you about the Father. And they don't fully understand it, as sometimes we can't. But I'd love for you to look with me at John 14 as we go through it and see what he is trying to tell us about the Father. John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place that I am going. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You see, the aim here isn't heaven. He doesn't say the way to heaven or the way to eternal life or the way to a long, happy life. He says, this is the way to the Father. Because the best thing that Jesus has for us, the way, the truth and the life is to relationship with the Father. What good is it for us to get to heaven and have eternal life if we don't want to be with the one who dwells there? So if the best thing for us is to have relationship with God as Father, then why do we find it so uncomfortable to see God as Father? One reason, of course, is if we personally have had a really difficult time with our own dad. Whether that's because he was absent or abusive, or there's multiple reasons that that can be really difficult, to feel that our father was less than he should have been. And yet I believe that if we have that feeling that he was less than... It's because something in us knows that we deserve more, knows that we were made for more. And that's because something in us knows that we were made for a relationship with a good father. And this actually also means that even if our father was really good or is a brilliant dad, that we can still struggle with the idea of God as father, because no father is perfect except Jesus's. I know for me personally, I am so thankful for my dad. And I'm not just saying that. He genuinely is the most incredible, thoughtful, generous, loving father. I love him to pieces and I want to honour him. But still, I don't walk in the fullness of knowing who I am as a child of God. Even though I have an amazing earthly example of a father... And so this shows us that actually it's got more to do with our own hearts than it has our relationship with our earthly dad. And I believe that this is because something deep within us is struggling because we actually live with an orphan mindset rather than a child mindset. For families who have chosen to adopt, they know this firsthand, that actually you can adopt a child and have this wonderful court day where you get given the documents and everything that says, this child now has your surname, they, are in, they have everything of your inheritance, they are fully your child. But then as they come in and over the years, different things happen that show that actually there can be attachment problems, that they have a difficulty accepting and believing and receiving the great love that is shown. They can become untrusting and have a hard time taking their place as a rightful son or daughter in the family, often because they feel unworthy of the love shown. And the same can be for us spiritually that we hear that we're brought into God's family, that we are adopted by the Father, that we still then have difficulty accepting, believing, and receiving the love shown. We too have a hard time taking our true place as sons or daughters, quickly going into comparison or just looking at other people, looking and talking ourselves out, or even, like the prodigal, running away altogether from the love of God. And yet the father shows us in this story that Jesus told that the father remains the father. The love remains the same. And the son has a choice. Unlike in the other stories that we've heard over the weeks from Tim and Anthony, that the sheep who wandered away inadvertently or the coin that was inanimate, the son chose deliberately to wound his father's heart and break relationship with his family but he also had a choice to return, and to accept being found. In his speech before he came home, he was planning what to say, and it's actually interesting that Kenneth Bailey in his book talks about how his speech was quite manipulative in wanting it to be kind of wangling his way back in, and what he says here is, yet what actually happens is, the father doesn't interrupt him, but instead he's met with the love, and his reaction changes. He says, the son is overwhelmed by this unexpected outpouring of costly love of the father running to him. And so the speech and the words he had originally composed to manipulate are transformed into a speech of genuine repentance. He changes his mind and accepts being found. And for children who are adopted, we see this, that they can be helped with therapy with all kinds of different things that are wonderful that get help and support but ultimately they need to come to a point of accepting the love that is shown of accepting that I am a son I am a daughter in this family that I am forever accepted in this family and we too must do the same that we must accept being found that we have a new identity as children of God and that we walk in it. And in a few weeks' time, I've invited Deb Finch from the Glasgow Prophetic Centre to come down, and she's going to meet with us on a Saturday evening and use the gifts that she has in deliverance and prophecy. She is amazing. And so she's going to be with us for a whole evening speaking more about this, the Father's heart, and more about... Um, the orphan mindset, and I would really encourage you to come. We've had people already sign up who don't come to Ivy because they know how incredible she is. So we want to make sure that you are there, that you get a ticket before they go. So please sign up to come and hear what Deb has to say as well. But God is such a good father that he knows we may struggle to rest in his love. And that is why he sent us the helper. That helper is called the Holy Spirit. And what is the work of the Holy Spirit? We see here in John, but also in Romans 8 and Galatians 4, that the work of the Spirit is to testify to our spirit that we are children of God. That's what the aim of the Holy Spirit is. It says it over and over that it is to testify to your spirit that you are a child of God. Carrying on in John 14, we read in verse 16, And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. The Spirit is given to specifically help us rest in our status as God's beloved sons and daughters. And yet God knows that it's hard for our hearts to take this in. And this is being said to the disciples before the cross. Jesus knows that they will all leave him, that they will run away like the prodigal and feel all the emotion that he did, the guilt, betrayal, loss, the shame. Yet he says, I will not leave you. You'll feel like you let me down, like you betrayed me, like everything is a mess. Yet I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. As the father did not leave the prodigal, he ran to him. And as we heard from Antony, he then showed him three gifts. He showered the Son with three gifts, the ring, the robe, and the sandals. And so to finish, I just want us to do a quick checklist of the three things that were given to see the relationship. Are we walking in this relationship of the Father? The ring represents his power, the robe represents his presence, and the sandals represent his purpose. The Father shows his love in us receiving his power, his presence, and his purpose. In John fourteen ten, he says, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing this work. So the first one on our checklist is proof of knowing the Father is knowing that we have his power, just like Jesus did, that we don't do anything in our own authority, but we have all authority of heaven given to us. And that means that even in times that I feel like I have nothing, I walk in the authority of heaven. That when I walk into the school playground or a hospital ward or to friends who are grieving and I have nothing to say, I actually carry all the hope of heaven with me because I step in his authority. The second one we see is the robe, and that is proof of knowing that we have his presence the son gets clothed in the robe of his father to show that he is back in the family, that he has the presence of his father with him. And in John 14, 11, he says, Believe me when I say that I am in the father and the father is in me. They're constantly together. We get invited into this relationship. But the thing that I really felt for this as I was preparing was that God just wanted to speak to people who feel like their father was absent whether that is that they were never there, or whether that's that they were there, but they were never truly present with them, that I just really felt God saying to me, just, you need to pause here, because I want them to know. And I felt he just wanted to say to you, you were never alone. That even if it felt like in listening to all this, you've been thinking, well, I just don't even know what it's like to have a dad because he was never around. That that's what I felt Father God stopped me to say, that he wanted you to know you were never alone. Over all the years, you were never alone. And you still are never alone. And finally on the checklist is the sandals are his purpose, that your feet have places to go. And so finally, I'll read from John 14, 12. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. We will do greater things than Jesus when we know who our dad is. We are invited into their relationship of father and son with the spirit helping us. Our purpose is to be like the Father, running to those who are lost and bringing them home with a huge welcome. And so I'd love for us to pray now to receive the love of the Father, receive the the Spirit and the Helper to testify to our spirit that we are children of God so that we can walk in knowing that we have his power, his purpose and his presence with us and that we can walk in it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you know each of us. And Lord, I just welcome your spirit to every heart that is listening to this right now. And Lord, I say that would you move by your spirit and testify to their spirit that they are a child of God. You are a son of the Most High. You are a daughter of the King. And Lord, I pray that as they receive that and as they choose to be found, lord that they would then know that they carry all power all authority of heaven into everything that they go to that they constantly have your presence with them and that therefore they can do everything in the purposes that you have for their life i bless them now and we receive everything you have for us thank you lord that you are a good father in jesus name amen Delaney. I'd love to welcome you to Ivy Church. Do check out the website, click on a few buttons, look at some previous teaching and some of the other things that we've been involved with and why not plan to join us soon at one of our locations join a grow group do the alpha course and figure out for yourself what it is that christians believe or if you've got anything we can pray about be in touch press the contact button so that you can email us let us know about you and how we hope you can be part of us come and join us at ivy church